You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. lasting health of the kingdom and the security was keeping their eyes on God. How many times do we read back in the judges, back in Samuel with Saul and all those things, when they took their eyes off God and they did things that were right in their own eyes, things went horribly wrong, didn't they? But when they kept their eyes on God, when they kept their focus on the Most High God, when they looked to Him and they wanted everything He had and they kept on focus on Him, things went well, didn't they? Can you imagine passing the throne down to your son or vice versa? As King David is getting ready to pass the keys to the kingdom down to his son Solomon, he knows exactly what the key to his son's future success will be. In today's message, Pastor Dave will teach you about the security only found in seeking the Lord above all things. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 29. As he continues his message, David's reign comes to an end. David specifically used the phrase, house of my God, to emphasize it's a personal thing. When you are personally involved, it's a difference. It's a difference. I hope that you're personally involved in this church. I hope you feel like it's yours. I hope you feel like you belong. And that's important that you do that. It's important. David said, I have such a connection with God that I take this so personally. And I want this to be the best that it could possibly be. You're my God. And I love you. And I want everything I do to be perfect for you. For you. And that was David's heart. So I've prepared the holy house He loved God so much that he gave everything he had. David did an enormous amount of preparation, yes. And he gathered all the resources, but he gave even more and more. He gave over and above the measure that was given. And then he says, willingly consecrate yourself. And that's the key. That's the key. We can't drag you up here and have marks in the sand as your fingers held on as we drug you up here to consecrate yourself you got to consecrate yourself willingly. Everything you do for the Lord has to be a willing sacrifice. You have to willingly do it. David brought up his own given, especially over and above. He used it on occasion, and here he was challenging his fellow Israelites, saying, hey, consecrate yourself and see what God will do. See what God wants to do with you. He knew, as we discussed last week, he knew the importance of giving the people to take ownership of this temple. It would be God's temple his house, but it would also be theirs. Just like this place here is Calvary Chapel, Cape May. But if you tithe regularly and you give to this church, it's yours too. It belongs to you. It belongs to all of us collectively. We're a family here. It belongs to God first and foremost, but we have ownership also. And it's a beautiful thing. So it's good to give that way. The leaders offered willingly, again, from their heart. The people found it easy to give. When they saw the greatness of the value, and maybe when you look around here, you see what we're doing, you see some of the things, it's easy to give to the Lord because you're really giving to the Lord. You're giving it to the Lord. And then what did they do? They rejoiced. I love that. They rejoiced. 
They, they praised God, and, and they, they took their hearts and offered them to God. And the people found that it was joyful to give so generously to God. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver, and we give from our heart. God recognizes that. God recognizes it when we give from our heart. And then David once again goes into this psalm of praise. This beautiful, beautiful psalm of praise. David then goes in, and I'm going to read the entire thing. Then we'll go back and look at it a little bit because it's so beautiful. Once again, you can see how the Spirit is really working in David's heart. Verse 10, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty, and all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Our Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now with joy I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent and the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart towards you. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes to do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the king. This must have been a sight. Can you imagine what this looked like? I have an idea of what it looked like. It just came to me. I have an idea of what it looked like. In October of 1997... October of 1997, about eight or nine guys got in a car and we drove down to Washington, D.C. And we got to the mall and it was the promise keepers. The promise keepers had their assembly down there and they estimated to be about two million men. And they had great big screens where they had worship music and all this kind of stuff. And it was incredible. I got a picture back there to show you. It shows the entire crowd right there on the mall right there. It was wonderful. But it was McCarthy from Colorado Buffaloes, the coach, came up. And he was the leader of, of Promise Keepers. And he got up there and he said, Men, it's time for us to get right with God. It's time for us to get repentant with God and ask for forgiveness of our sin. So let's get on our faces. Two million men fell down and on their faces. Every one of us was out prostrate, but out like this on the ground. 
giving praise to God. It was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. That's what I imagined this looked like. That's what I imagined this looked like. Everybody down, because that's what prostrate means. Prostrate means laying flat on your face with your hands out like this, with your face down. Prostrate before the Lord. I loved it. That just sent chills up my spine. I remember that day. That was incredible. That was incredible. David blesses the Lord before the assembly. Now, you know, he can't bless the Lord because the greater is supposed to bless the lesser. But remember, we said in blessing the Lord, you're honoring him. You're giving glory that's due his name. You're being reverent to him by blessing him. It's praising and rejoicing at his name. It wasn't for the wealth that came up. It was demonstrated for the heart. Remember, we don't worship the Lord except with our heart. What did Jesus said? You worship him in spirit and truth. We worship him with our heart. This is where worship comes from. It may come out of here. It may come out of when we sing it or when we praise them, when we tell them we love them, but it should be right here. It should well up in you and come out that way. I mean, have you ever been so blessed by the Lord that all of a sudden it just comes out in a praise and it comes out in a wonderful thing? It's incredible. And you might even cry. It's just wonderful to praise God that way. But it starts here in your heart and it comes out that way. Blessed are you, Lord, God our Father, forever and ever. This is the first time in the Bible where God is addressed as the Father. This was unknown to the Jews, to address God as Father. This is the first time it happens in the Bible. Jesus taught his disciples to pray with this phrase, Our Father, remember? He may have had this passage in mind when he did that. He may have had David's passage in mind when he was teaching the disciples. And then in the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, we had, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. David mentions all of these things. Look at them. Power and glory, victory and majesty. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. So maybe since Jesus knew the book, he knew the Bible, he knew the scriptures, he helped pen them, maybe he was recalling these things and, and he was saying that. What a beautiful picture. David says, everything we have, riches, honor, it comes from you, Lord. And that you think about it. I just said a minute ago, if you have a job, it came from the Lord. If you have anything, it came from the Lord. Everything we have, God has given us. Oh, yeah, you can say you earned it. Well, yeah, but he gave you the job to earn. He gave you the want to do that. God is always lavishing us with these things. He's always lavishing us with both riches and honor. David knew that these things came from God. He knew that he didn't work them up himself. And he says once again those famous words that I love. Who am I? Who am I? I tell you what, you get in this kind of state with the Lord, you become very, very small. You become very, very minute when you get into this type of thought with the Lord. You become, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Who am I that you would even have any part of me? How many times during the Psalms did David said, what is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man. What are you doing, Lord? Who am I? And who are these people that you love so much? You're apple of your eye that we're able to do this willingly he knew that both the ability to do that and the heart were gifts from God all this are gifts from God the giving I mean you look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we look at we talk about so much and one of them is giving for those who give it says give liberally it's a gift and God gives you that gift to want to give Give to the church, give to each other, give to friends, give to whomever. Whatever God gives you, you do according to him. David was humble with this heart of his, and he gave him everything he had. 
And then he sees the people of Israel doing the same thing. It must be wonderful for him to watch as their king, as their spiritual leader, even though he wasn't the priest, he had a spirituality about him. David knew it was true because he knew all things come from God. And whatever they gave to God was his to begin with. No, we're just giving back what God gave us. <laughs> you know, we're giving back everything that God gave us. He says, our days on earth are like a shadow and without hope. Old Testament, Old Testament, for where it is in our hope? Jesus. Where it is our hope? It's in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. This is before Jesus. Their hope was that God would look at them with favor as they obeyed the commandments. David knew he was forgiven by God, but they didn't have hope. And he emphasized man is weak, inherently weak. But he also said, compared to God, we're nothing. God is everything. God is magnificent. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's everywhere. God is incredible. And who are you that look at my minuteness and love me and look at me? What am I? How could you even think of me? How can you even let me be a passing thought in your head? But yet, Scripture says his good thoughts towards us are more than the sands of the sea. More than the sands of the sea. Incredible. David says, in uprightness of heart... This uprightness of heart I have, I'm willingly offering you these things. He knew it was important to emphasize this, that it was made willingly. He didn't, wasn't coerced, nor does he coerce anybody else. That's what I love about here in Calvary Chapel. We don't coerce anybody to give. You give from your heart, and that's between you and the Lord. I could care less. That's between you and God, what you give and why you give. You know, that's why we have a box back there. God has provided for this church and continues to provide for this church. Praise God. And we're just blessed beyond belief that he continues to do that. Where God guides, he provides. David wanted to demonstrate all this love. He wasn't trying to get the people to give. He knew that if the people got close enough to God and opened their hearts to God, God would get them to give. God would get them to give. And that's what happens. Somebody comes here and they sit for a while and they may come one or two days, and all of a sudden they're asking somebody, oh, where's the offering? Because God puts it upon their heart to give. God gives their heart to give. God knows the intent of your heart. He knows that. And David says, I want my people to fix their heart on you. So now David takes on a pastoral role. <laughs> you know, David now takes on a pastoral role. I want my people, whom I'm charge over, to fix their eyes on God. What a great thing. What a great thing to want the people to fix their eyes on God. It's a wonderful place to be as they're offering the temple. I love it. He said, and then he prays for his son. I like this. I really do. He prays for his son, Solomon. He prays that the Lord would give him a loyal heart. And notice to whom the loyal heart is to. It's a loyal heart not to the people who Solomon is going to be charge over. The loyal heart is back to the Lord. And you would give him a loyal heart so that he would keep your commandments, so that he would keep your statutes, so that he would do the things that are right before your eyes. And we know that Solomon struggled because he was a man. Solomon struggled with some things. And we're going to read about that when we get into Second Chronicles. He struggled with some things. But David knew. David knew the lasting health of the kingdom and the security was keeping their eyes on God. 
How many times do we read back in the Judges, back in Samuel with Saul and all those things, when they took their eyes off God and they did things that were right in their own eyes, things went horribly wrong, didn't they? But when they kept their eyes on God, when they kept their focus on the Most High God, when they looked to Him and they wanted everything He had and they kept on focus on Him, things went well, didn't they? There's a lesson there. There's a lesson there for us. Jesus said it. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added. All these things will be added. So we seek first the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. He ends in verse 20 by saying, Bless the Lord. It came time to bless the Lord. It wasn't enough for the people to have a feeling. Well, I feel like blessing the Lord. No, they had to demonstrate their heart. So they fell on their faces. They fell on their faces before God to let them know that, hey, we're serious about this. We're really serious about this. That's why when some people pray, they kneel. They kneel before God when they pray. Some people, when they pray, prostrate themselves, get all the way down when they pray. Some people are brought all the way down in a time of a trouble, in a time of a need. You're sent to your knees. You're driven to your knees in time of trouble. Sometimes you're driven to your face when things are going bad before your most holy God. But bless the Lord. Bow your heads. Prostrate yourselves before God. Demonstrate that heart that you have towards him. Do it willingly. And don't do it thinking, God will think I'm good. I'm going to get something. Don't do it like that. No. Do it because you love him so much. And do it because he loves you even more. You can never repay the love that God sends to you. You can never repay. David says, do this. Do this. Let's look at verse 21 through 25. So all this happened. Solomon now is going to become king. David has not died yet, but it's time for him to step down. And they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the next day. It was a busy time for the priest. A thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs and their drink offerings, and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. They sacrificed all these animals in burnt offerings. What a massive barbecue they had. What a massive barbecue they had. They burned all these things up. It became a sweet-smelling savor to the Lord. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. Yeah, they had a feast. They had one whale of a feast, and they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time. Because remember, back then, they had already made him king and anointed him before the Lord to be the leader and Zadok to be the priest. They anointed him. How did they anoint him? Jesus is not the answer this time. Right. They poured oil over him. They anointed him now by pouring oil over him. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. They anointed him by pouring oil over him. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father and prospered and all of Israel obeyed him. All the leaders and the mighty men and also the sons of King David submitted themselves to King Solomon. So the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such royalty, majesty as had not been on any king before him, not even on his father David. Interesting there. It's interesting 
that they did this the second time. They did this the second time. Back in the study of 1 Kings, Adonijah came out and tried to take the throne away from Solomon. And he was defeated. Adonijah was another son of David. And he was defeated and killed. So they are re-now anointing Solomon the second time to be king. Notice, the writer once again leaves out all those sordid details about David's sons and daughters and the rape of his daughter and the death of his sons and all the junk that followed. The writer leaves that out. You can find that in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. You can find out all that information, and we went over that in great detail. You can find that out. But what was bestowed upon him was majesty that had never been before given to any king. But Solomon knew that it was only by his father David that this was possible. He knew the covenant that God made with David. He was well aware of the covenant that God had made with David. And so Solomon was well aware of this. So Solomon didn't get heady about it. The majesty of Solomon was inherited from the work and wisdom and godliness and the prayers of his father. Says something about us and our children. How they can inherit that godliness, how they can inherit that. Now they have to accept the Lord Jesus for themselves. But train up a child as he should go and he won't depart from that. If we tell them about Jesus Christ and they know about Jesus Christ, that's what I see happening here. That's what I see happening here. Let's finish out. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. And the period that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and 33 years he reigned in Jerusalem. So he died in good old age, full of days and riches and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his place. Now the acts of King David, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, and the book of Gad the seer, with all his reign and his might, and the events that happened to him, to Israel, and to the, all the kingdoms of the land. David reigned for 40 years over the nation. The other kings of Israel and Judah were no longer in place. They secure a more prosperous line than David's reign. None were more glorious than David's. None were more godly than David's. David remains the model for all kings coming up from Judah. He died at a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. He went out on top. He went out on top. He was a great king, and his greatly is even better because of the connection he has Remember the covenant, the Davidic covenant that God made with David, that someone would be on your throne forever. And David knew that he was talking about the Messiah who would come. The Messiah that came was none other than the son of David, Jesus Christ the righteous. You are In 1 Chronicles 28, we see David commissioning his son, Solomon, to build the house of the Lord. God had chosen Solomon for this work. In verse 20, David said to Solomon, Be strong and courageous and do it, and do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. 
He will not leave or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Anytime we begin a work for the Lord, the enemy is looking to make us afraid or dismayed and discouraged. David knew Solomon would face obstacles, but he encouraged him with the truth that God is with him. And when you face obstacles, fear, and discouragement, God is with you too. We're so glad you decided to join us today. You've been listening to Pastor Dave on A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave is working through the book of First Chronicles, a book that is rich with stories of faith and courage. This is a series you won't want to miss. If you'd like to hear today's message again, or if you missed it and want to go back to it, head over to AssureHopeRadio.com. Once again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. You'll find today's message and many others to encourage you along the way. If you find yourself in Cape May, New Jersey, stop in and see us. All the information you need is on our website. We'd love to meet you and spend more time learning together. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We loved spending time with you. See you next time for more on A Sure Hope.